0: Business, Business Bros! Bros. <laughs> oh, <I> love <laughs> it! <laughs> what up,
1: ladies and gentlemen? Hernan is here, host of the Business Bros Podcast, along with my co-host, the insurance
2: bro, James Sias, with Pipeline Insurance, where we do two things. One, we help you create wealth today uh, and generational wealth for tomorrow. And two, we empower licensed professionals to effectively add insurance to their existing businesses. It's all right, bro. I got I you. missed
1: my line. Totally <laughs> missed your line. Line! Line! (laughs) It's all right.
2: I got mine right here. Check this out, everybody. You've heard of the sixth sense, right? Well, today's guest can help you take your life to the fifth power. This gentleman has gained notoriety as a number one best-selling author, soulmate finder, CEO, and international business consultant. Our guest today has a passion to empower business owners in building their ideal business and living their ideal life, and he helps people achieve beyond their beliefs and live a life of endless possibilities. We're so excited to bring this guest to you today. We're super pumped to hear his story. I can't wait to help, have him tell us all about the ways that he helps people. So without further ado, from the Gary Kent KW team and Fifth Power Incorporated, please welcome to the Business Bros Pod, Mr. Jeff Crawford.
3: Nice. Thanks for being here. Now you got my job flowing. Woo. So love like, being here.
1: The audience doesn't quite know this, but I don't really know my guests until they show up. Like I, Honestly, I, we sit here awkwardly silent in a weird way because I'm afraid to ask them questions. I want to <laughs> get to know our guests just like you, the audience, gets to know them. So James does a little bit of research right before we get started, mm-hmm. which is why we start at 4 p.m.-ish sharp, right? <laughs> and he writes up the intro, uh, but I don't get to know them until, until they're here. So Jeff. Based on that intro, I'm excited, man. <laughs>
3: <There's> <laughs> that's, a lot to be excited about. That's why he kept telling you, "Don't tell him. Don't, don't tell them, him like anything. Don't, oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. don't say nothing. Don't say
2: nothing." <laughs> so funny. I All was right. reading up. I was like, "Oh no! Don't ask any questions. Don't ask. Don't Save ask." Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Lots
1: a of stories. Right? right. All right. All right. All right. Let's start with the Let's start with the basic first one. Okay. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into your line of work.
3: Yeah. So, uh, so I live here in San Diego. I live in La Jolla. Do I look here? Or do I look over there? Oh, you can just look at me. He's gonna he's gonna yeah. play with the cameras. All right, perfect, awesome. perfect. perfect. You can Talk to him. Much much better out. that yeah, way. Much yeah. better that Easier. way. So I live in uh, La Jolla, and uh, I have four kids, beautiful wife, uh, and we've been here since, or I've been here since 2000. So originally from Phoenix, Arizona, and what brought me here, and what the kinda, weather, and what got me into coaching <laughs> is uh, is actually uh, 9/11 happened. And uh, I, I uh, well, before nine eleven happened, I moved here for a business. They want they 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 were in Houston at the time, corporate housing, mm-hmm. fully furnished apartments and everything. And so I told them I'd move, I would join their company as long as my headquarters was in San Diego, just because I used to come here all the summer, summer times yeah, and everything. And it yeah. was just like this is where I want to live. So that's what happened. And then nine eleven hit, and corporate housing just went out gone. kind of like you know what's happening right now? Oh, yeah. You know a lot of people traveling is now stopping, gone. you know? So I got out of that industry, and uh, it was funny because I wanted to uh, get into the financial industry because I was another big industry, wanted to become a financial advisor, and I you know I went around, got interviewed all over, and everybody wanted to hire me. And I was just like, well, They're either bad at hiring or you're very valuable or or I'm super valuable, you know, and, you know, as a young, young guy, I was like, I just think there's something else wrong. And when I did some more research, I found out they're, they're really poor at training, Mm. you know? And so I looked up the top influential, uh, trainers in the industry at the time. And one of them happened to live here in town. I went to him and he was hiring, uh, to teach people how to coach financial advisors
1: is it like a sales training or is yeah, this the all around yeah. like getting to know your client? Because I mean, sales training. It, a lot of it has to do, especially in the financial sector, it always comes down to the same type of thing. It's, it's, you need to practice your presentation. You need to get, you know, into your, your dialogue, your story, all that stuff. But the problem with that is always, I can't sit in front of enough people to get practice.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah? So it was all about what we taught was how to find your clients all by referral. And then also it's the communication skills. So really knowing what you're going to say, how to build that trust and, you know, move them to the next level where they really trust you to help them with their finances. And so what I found is with all these other different companies, they weren't giving that. Mm -hmm. They promised that. But then when they when you ask them questions about, well, how long does an advisor last? You know, or turnaround it, was, the yeah. turnaround time, you know, and and all sorts of things. I was like, well, you guys either suck at training, or you know, you really have a, a serious problem. So, um, so that's why I went into that industry, and then I fell in love with coaching. Like, my whole goal was just a couple years there, or you know, a year at most, and then I was going to go straight into being a financial advisor, and I just. I loved helping people and it was like, that was the first time I really recognized like my passion to empower others and to help others like go what, what way beyond. What part of the
1: coaching was your favorite part? Was it, I mean, cause there's a lot of aspects of it. There's, <clears throat> there's, I always find myself, for example, to me, the greatest training i've ever had when it comes to sales and interviews and talking is this podcast mm-hmm. right the ability to yeah. sit in front of somebody and ask them questions or get to know them or build a relationship you know everything from stuttering in your words to what you're going yeah. to say what you're going to ask all that stuff right um because it's practice right. and then um the other side of it is is when i'm teaching in a classroom mm-hmm. and when i see that light bulb go off like ding, i got it and what's better even even more amazing than that is these kids graduate and then I see them use those skills that we taught them in class, you know? So to me, those are different Mm. aspects of training. What did you, what part of the training do you like? It's the part that wakes you up in the morning keeps you
3: going. I think the biggest part is always been when they're stuck. Like they really believe there's this big, huge wall in front of them that they could never get through. Mm. And that's the, that's the piece that I love because it's asking enough questions for them to discover for themselves on how to actually break through that wall or go over the wall or to really have the breakthrough or the transformation that, that they didn't see as possible. Cause all they could see is there's a wall there and that ain't happening.
1: All right. So <clears> I'm doing this whole, uh, launching this podcast training thing, right? Yeah. I, I heard help people build their podcast. March 16th, March right? 16th, right around the corner. That's right. So, um, I've been, I've been putting together my presentation. I'm going through different, you know, things. And I've had this question pop in my head and it's kind of over and over again. What's more important, your why or the how? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think? How how do you feel about those two? Both are important, right? How is definitely important. I think they're both
3: important. I think without the why, you don't do the how is like your full potential. It's diligent. Yeah. Like, you won't reach your full potential without having the big why you're doing it. I mean, I think that's, that's one of the core things I teach in, when I consult uh, business owners is they've got to get clear, like crystal clear, and have that power of their clarity and their focus of what they're doing before anything else. Because without that, it's kind of like, if I told you everything what to do, it's kind of like, well, okay, I can go do that, or I've done research and I know a lot of that. But what's the thing that's pulling you into that? Hmm. And I think that's usually the the big why. I think that's a very important part. Clarity, clarity <laughs> is like uh, vital.
1: So we've had our insurance company for some time now, and in the past uh, year, year and a half, we've been meeting with the owners, uh, with you know our our partners, and. Trying to figure out, okay, what are we gonna do next? What are we gonna do next? When, and and we kind of broke down most recently of, like, why is it that we're doing this and what is our structure? We got to be able to explain it so that every single employee that works for us can clearly understand what we're doing. And it's not until like you know it took us a oh, good like six seven eight months to like to really define all that. But now. Oh, yeah. Now it's amazing. Now the things that are going on in the office, I mean, James is there almost every day. But now when you see stuff in the office, everybody knows not just their job, but why that job is happening. Give me some.
2: Yeah, just to kind of dive into that. uh, Today, we started working on our standard operating procedures for a specific department that we're developing and one of the things that we were discussing was okay so when an agent wants to write a new policy what are the agent's responsibilities and so we threw something on there that ended up causing kind of a double entry for uh for the agent and i went back to those things that we had that we had created at that uh corporate meeting in january i said look one of the things that we're doing is rule number one right here, make it as easy as possible for agents to write, submit, and refer business. If we make them do double entry, we're not making it as easy as possible. So we need to focus on these things, making it as easy as possible, et cetera, yeah. and so on. So,
3: yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the clarity it, that you can come back such to. Such clarity. And that's the thing. You went back to the why and, and the clarity of exactly what's important, and you test it. You, Does yeah. it really work? Did I? Are we really following what we say or not? You know, and I think that's crucial.
1: But it, as as a business owner, it's 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 funny how you know you you go to the ownership and you're like, hey, you need to come up with your your why. You need to have your vision. You need to be clear. All these different things. And initially, when you're going through it as an owner, you're thinking, yeah, but I already know what I want. Yeah, I already know this. But but to develop it in yeah. a way that is so crystal clear that everybody else understands it. It's a whole new ballgame. It's a different level of clarity, not just within yourself. Within yourself, Mm. you kind of already, I mean, that's how you've gotten to where you are. You could be a Mm. self-employed person and have, you know, semi-clarity through a fog that you're going through Mm. and and still be semi-successful. But in a business where you have other people who are steering other parts of the ship.
3: Yeah. And it's important that mission, that mission statement, that purpose statement for the business that not only is it yours, but it's theirs. Like, they're part of that creation. Mm -hmm. Because if you're really counting on them to deliver on it, you know, the best way to get people to follow you is to have them be part of the creation. It may be your business and your vision of what's going to happen, but you need to bring them involved to, you know, discover that. And I think that's a piece that a lot of business owners... Don't because they're like, oh, yeah, I already got it in my head. This is what we're doing. We're going. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and they step over that piece. And it's kind of like just telling people what to do. And sometimes you're OK with that, like especially if you need a paycheck. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> there's a lot Definitely. of times where it's just like, do I really want to do this or why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if you were part of creating that or if you knew that it wasn't just the business owners that created it. There's a team of people that are still working here that created it, then that's a whole different subject because you're now like part of that.
1: Well, they have buy in, right? They have like total all of buy-in. a sudden, it's not, it, you know. It's one thing to work for a company. It's a different thing to be a part of a company, right? And you you know the feeling if you've ever worked for somewhere and it's, you know, I, I have uh, 17-year-old kids all the time that walk in and they're like, you know, working at Taco Bell or something, <laughs> right? And, you know, they, and, and they'll come to me and they're like, they don't even know, like, oh, I do all this. I'm like, look, Taco Bell was there before you got there. Taco Bell will be there after you got there. You're not such a vital piece of that. Your job is to learn what you possibly can there, acquire some skills, acquire some experience, and if that's not your thing, move on to something that is your thing. But it's not that you're a vital piece of this. You know, you you work for the company. You're not a part of that company, and you know the difference. You know, and I think when you're talking about you know having that clarity and, and sitting down with with the employees, that part is more of being inclusive with them. Wouldn't you say?
3: Yeah yeah absolutely i mean you definitely i think like what you're saying having that all together makes the huge difference i mean that's what makes the biggest difference for them to have and when they have the clarity and they're bought in on everything then they're going to move faster for you they're going to produce bigger results and you're going to hit your vision and their vision at the same time
1: okay so tell me a little bit i want to hear some stories what kind of stuff have you been involved in Um, everybody wants to hear the car crash and I don't mind if you tell me the car crash, some stuff that didn't work. Let me tell
3: you a long time ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But share with me a little bit about,
3: you know, what's, what's a day in the life with Jeff? So, the so I do consulting for business owners, primarily, uh, what we call high performance coaching. So it's a little bit different. It's I'm certified through the Institute of High Performance. You may have heard of, uh. The High Performance Habit Book yes. b- by Brendan Bouchard. Yes. So I'm certified through him. There's about 600 of us in the world that actually deliver the content that's in uh, the High Performance Institute's research. So all the research that was created of that book is what I teach. Okay. So um Oh, don't worry about that. No, no hey. idea what it was. Piano playing. Yep. All Dang. right, <laughs> and that's your cue to keep going <laughs> and keep going to the next step. So, uh, so anyhow, so so uh, so I teach those sessions to business owners, and it starts with clarity. You know, which is again one of the most important aspects. That's why I really believe that's important. But high performance uh, coaching is just crucial from that aspect because once you have. You know the energy, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but the study that was done was all on top performers in multiple industries, whether they're an Olympic athlete uh, or they're a business manager or stay-at-home moms or whatever. They measured people on always being like the best parent or being the best manager or the best salesperson or the best in whatever field, as long as they were consistently like they won it multiple times, Mm -hmm. then they were surveyed and they found the top six elements that were crucial uh, that needed to be, uh, you know, focused on. And that's what the Institute teaches. So that's what I teach.
1: We're talking about like their daily habits, daily habits,
3: main habits that you need to root to do everything that you already do already in your business. You need to have certain habits that help you do that. So, I mean, one of the big ones is just energy. I mean, you guys have a tremendous amount of energy when you walk in. You can hear you on the podcast. It's entirely different than most people's podcasts, you know, because your energy that you bring. A lot of people can't generate that. Mm. Like, they have no ability to Drink generate, water. you know. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's where it comes from. <laughs> or whiskey. Or whiskey. See, I'm a good, I'm a there good. There you go.
3: <laughs> I took your advice. There you go. So, but it's like those aspects that, you know, again, that I teach inside my sessions with my clients. Uh, But the thing that got me really passionate is helping people find their ideal client. So wherever business owners are, I love working with the sales team Mm -hmm. uh, just because that's where I can make the biggest impact financially on the business. I do uh, sales culture training as well. But on the most part, I want to teach them, you know, how to find that best ideal client and duplicate them. And I like to do it all by referral. I mean, I know many other ways, but referral is hands down the best. Um, You know, all this funnel stuff and different things that are out there nowadays that are all buzzwords for business owners to get distracted. I think if they just focused on their top few best clients, they could easily build their business around them.
1: So to dig a little deeper on that, are we talking nurturing Or acquiring, because when you hear the buzzwords, acquiring, acquiring's it, acquiring's tough. Customer acquisition yeah. is is not easy, especially when you're talking on a referral basis. Um, it, it's it's very difficult because it, a referral comes from after you know, like and trust, right. right? And that's that's hard to develop. Like if you have somebody who's just getting, who's just breaking into the industry, somebody who just got their real estate license, somebody who just got their insurance license, uh, you know, getting them to understand the value of a referral is difficult because they think, you know, they have this impression of, I got my license, now everyone in the world is going to come to me, right? Right, right. And that's just not necessarily the case. Exactly. What what do you, I mean, how how do you, you know, when you come into these sales teams, you have people who have been in the game for, you know, a long time, and they obviously have built that foundation and they're a referral-based business at that point.
3: But you have people who are brand new. It it takes work. It takes work. You know, so when I ran uh, Keller Williams in La Jolla, so I used to be the uh, the CEO there and managing 253 agents, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They, I, I just got my license. I'm good to go. Yep. Here comes it. here comes all the business. Mm-hmm. And no. No, it isn't. It it really came down to having productivity people hold them accountable to doing the activities that need to happen. No difference in business at alone, but there's certain activities from a referral-based business that there is that's entirely different than like cold calling people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that's the thing that people don't really understand, especially about real estate. They really don't understand how much work real estate agents work. Like I've been in the financial industry and now the real estate industry, and there's so much I could teach financial advisors that the real estate agents are doing that if they did that in the financial industry, their their results be would be crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing that I think people don't really understand. I mean, on the referral side for a financial advisor, you know, they can make twenty to fifty thousand dollars recurring. On. Yep. That yep. means next year it's coming again. Yep. And next year it's coming again. With assets and, under management it, you're talking it, about. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And even on the commission side, I mean they could they could generate huge chunks in commissions and then get a referral from that as well. Um, and on the real estate side, especially in San Diego, you can still make some huge, huge money. Yeah, the price but points I, are high but I think the skills that I've seen more from financial or from real estate agents, believe it or not, they're more honed on their skills because they're doing a heck of a lot more activity. Than I see from a financial
1: advisor. What are some of those activities? Which ones, if you could nail them down into a couple, like, you know, two or three maybe that that they've honed in. Because, I mean, you walk into some brokerage offices and they're going to say, you need a door knock, you need a cold right. call, you need to, you know, you need to make 100 contacts today. Like, right. you know, and I get that because obviously the more you do, the better you're going to get. I mean, that's just hands down what it's going to be. But you were talking about finding your ideal client. Like there's a big difference between identifying the exact person you want to go after, and just picking up the phone and calling Fizbos, for example.
3: Right. I think I think going back to your earlier one, which is you know, is it about nurturing or is it about you know uh, acquiring? And I think the nurturing part starts with your existing people that you do know fit your profile, and you do you know, build more trust. I I tell uh, a lot of my clients to do events where they can provide value to those best clients in a way where why wouldn't they refer you everyone that they know? You know, and the event doesn't have to be like some seminar or whatever. I mean, you could do those things. Just don't make them salesy. Yeah, Make it all value. Like there shouldn't even be a sales presentation to that. It's like if you liked what you see, give me a call. That's, you know, that's it. It doesn't have to be something where, you know, people are, you know, trying to sell something. This is why I'm the best Mm -hmm, kind of thing. Um, but I, I mean, it could be as simple as if you're into fishing, why don't you just take a group of people fishing and invite your best clients and have them bring their friends, show them a good time and just do that every single weekend.
1: Yeah, that's your thing.
3: Why not do that, you know? I mean, because you're going to build trust. You're going to build stories, right?
1: You're going to want to work with your friends.
3: And then eventually, they're going to want to know what what is it that you do, or they're going to go, well, now I understand why John works with you.
1: You know, it's funny, though, because what you just described there is not a turn and burn transaction. Like for me to take you out fishing and hang out, whatever, I might not get a transaction or a deal from you for a good year maybe, you know what I mean? And it's really difficult to get somebody who's new to understand the value of that foundation that you're building. Because, you know, when, when, when we talk about building a business, you know, you talk about anybody who's been in business for 10 plus years, it's all about, you know, when you ask them, how, how do you get new clients? Oh, they all come referrals. Yeah. Well, why is that? It's not, you know, you, you're starting off at the very beginning and you want to build a referral business, but you're not willing to put in the work to get to that referral base.
3: It's yeah. very, very difficult. Yeah. And I think that's the consistency of doing that. You'll see more in real estate agents or at least top producing real estate agents. Mm-hmm. There's a huge percentage that, just really are not willing to do any work, yeah, whatsoever. They're, well, they're they're just waiting. I come to a meeting, you know. Well, notice that we're all realtors here, so we're not going to be. Yeah, yeah, you're I'm not, not going to get. You're not going to get a sale from me. Yeah. I just want to <laughs> let you know. You might want to pick a different meeting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and, and that that's that's the part. That's the part that's different is you know dollar productive activities versus busy work, right? Yeah. You know, going to those trainings and learning about the real estate contract and those things. Yes, they're important but they're not dollar productive activities. You yeah. need to be in front of a client or you need to be in front of somebody telling them what it is you do every single day. And the question is always, how do you it's,
3: do that? Yeah, but it's, it's your choice. And I think that's one thing I help business owners really hone into is what are they like doing, mm-hmm. right? Like you mentioned real estate agents, right? Door knocking and all, it's like, if you don't like that aspect, then that shouldn't even be a choice on your list
1: exactly my point. I mean
3: like remove it That's, just you only need one maybe two only things that you want to practice and it should be two that you like
1: yes you know yeah.
3: like uh you know if if you just like people to come to you then in the real estate why don't you just open do house? open houses yeah, they come all day, all day long. long why can't you do seven open houses a week yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean i don't want you i don't want them. you to come to the office I want you to hold an open house every single day, every single day and just collect the data and collect the data and collect the data. And then we'll teach you step two, you know, but it's like, if that's what they, if that's what they're comfortable with, then do that. Yes. You know, become masterful at that. You know, it's
1: funny because it, when, uh, when I've been talking about doing this podcast thing, one of the things that I, I'm, I keep going over and over when people say, people will ask, you know, I want to do a podcast show. I, I want to do it on you know, real estate. I'm like, it's kind of boring, dude. Like, I don't know if you're going to want to do a real estate show. What else do you like to do for fun? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's totally something it. else. You know, yes, we're going to brand you as the real estate agent, mm-hmm. but not the real estate agent talking about market updates every day. Right. That's not the most interesting thing. Yeah. But maybe you're a real estate agent that likes to bake. Yeah. Right. And so every day you're going to put on or every day or once a week, you're going to put, you know, put together a feast that you would have made dinner anyways for your family. It's just this one's going to be recorded. And we're going to maybe, you know, you invite a specific client that you want to work with or a couple different clients that you want to work with. And this is your podcast episode. This is your content piece. And this is you. Branding yourself as the real estate agent hosting an event for particular clients that you want to deal with. Anyways, we record that content We repurpose it and now you have other little pieces of content showing you your
3: personality every single day Yeah, it's really key what you said there because there's there's a lot of power to that that people don't really understand I know uh, so my best-selling book is called the fifth power for relationships and it's the five key single uh, secret powers to finding your soulmate and one of those is the power of asking in community. And I teach them that you need to be in the community that you enjoy. You know, so if you want someone that's athletic and that's who your soulmate looks like, then are you at the gym? Are you in soccer league? Are you in tennis league? Or what What are you doing? You mean fishing out of the pond that you it, it, want to be fishing out of? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, if you're not doing that... And then create things around that only. Yes. Like do that all the time. At worst, you may never find your soulmate, but you did all the fun things you already enjoyed doing.
1: Yes, you're
3: happy, <laughs>
1: right? You're and, happy.
3: And guess what? If you're happy, then it's okay. Other people will be happy too around you, yes. and they'll go, I want to be there on that happy guy. Yes. So it's, it, it is so true that when you narrow it down to something you love, you can create that into, you know, a way to acquire clients. Yes. You just have to, you know, do some research and figure it out and write down some notes and then implement, you know,
1: consistently,
3: no difference than you guys. I mean, like I said earlier, I'm just really impressed that you're consistently doing this because it's a lot of work. And if you consistently do it, it gets easier and easier and easier to the point where it's easier for you than someone starting, However, you know what it was like when you started I
1: know what it, yeah, that's that's so true and that and for me This is one of those things where you know, this has become one of my best prospecting tools hmm. This has become the fun part of my day. I look forward to this every single day. I mean otherwise I would have never met you. Yeah, right And I tell that's all my guess. I would have never have met you. I would have never have made this connection Um. you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be where we are today just because we do this, we decided that this was the way we were going to do things going forward. Yeah. Right. And, and that's a decision that I think, you know, when we talked earlier about clarity, this is a decision you need to make early on. What is it that your life is supposed to look like? Mm. What, when you envision it, envisioning is only the the first part of the puzzle, right? Knowledge is only potential power. The other part of it is you have to take steps every single day to reach it without the action. It's just a dream yeah
3: it's so crucial and and i think even a step before that that i teach and this is in my book the the secret fifth power is what i call it is really intention like you have an intention for this particular moment you're setting who you're going to be how you're going to show up and when you have that with clarity it's like a Mm win-win like if you have both of those pieces together Everything else becomes, you know, it's more of an attraction type thing now versus you out going to do work, sort of speak. Yeah,
1: well, even even that whole uh, I, we used to listen to Earl Nightingale, Strangest Secret" a lot. Um, I recently, um, we had a a, a day at school where I showed the secret in class, right? And mm-hmm. um, and I always, every time I watch those, I always get the same question. So if I just think about it, it'll happen. I'm like. kind of right you can't just you can't just throw it out there and say this is what i want there has to be that action james and i for the longest time and he's still to this day we always talk about what comes first the mindset or the action so funny because we
2: actually had a comment about that from uh, nolan hoskins exactly that
1: uh that whole argument that subject Yeah. yeah The mindset or the action? What comes first? And in my mind, and we've come to the conclusion that it's different for different people. Yeah. um, But in my mind, it's always the action. Like, Mm -hmm. I will feel like doing it once I'm doing it. Yeah. Right? And James is the opposite. He's like, I need to get my mind right so I can take the action to do it. Yeah. What what have you found?
3: I found that it, it does go both ways. I think it is crucial to have the mindset. But for those thinkers that are out there, you need to get them into an action. Mm -hmm. because if not, they're never going to get the mindset
1: paralysis. You know,
3: they literally have to be in some sort of action. I need you to do this action like now and do that again tomorrow and do that again next day. Because if they start thinking about what to do on how to do that, then they're, they're going to disappear. I think the mindset really comes to your core, goes back to clarity and having that purpose and that passion Because knowing that when you, wherever you go, if you're carrying that forward, then, you know, then it carries forward with, you know, if you're teaching them something new, it's like, I, 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 for me, I would, I would start with mindset, but there are people that do need, you know, action immediately. Yeah. And one of the ways to break through like a barrier or, or something that's stopping you is always action, right? Because it's that action of failing. Mm-hmm. And then doing it again and failing again, and doing it again and failing again, and then doing it and go oh this is possible now,
1: you're that much closer. Y- you to know these. yeah
3: yeah. Whereas before you would have never done that. So
1: I, I you know for me that's that's pull ups in the morning. So I go to the gym every morning right um, there by five a.m. I run my four miles and then I I have like about twenty ish twenty five minutes of that I can do something else right. And so I decided, you know what? I don't like running. I do it every day. What's the next thing that I don't like? Pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And so when I first started, I went to that machine where, like, you sit on it on your knees. And right. It helps pull yourself up. Oh, yeah. And, and my goal was to do, like, 40 of those, right? And so I, I got to that point. And then I was like, okay, well let's try to get to 80. And so I got to 80 and then I was like, okay, well let's lower the weight and then, okay, let's not use it anymore. Now I'm up to where in my, in that 20, 25 minutes, I hit a hundred pull-ups, no resistance, legs up, like, but it's all about that same thing is I'm taking action and I get to the point where I can't. And hmm. that is where I push a little bit harder because hmm. that point, that uncomfortable point, that's where all the change happens. Yeah. That's where your body, that's your, your muscles are physically failing at that point. And then as you push through that failure, that's your body getting back up until it adjusts.
3: And then it, all of a sudden, like, you can do it. Yeah. And keep in mind, you probably had a mindset before that action. Yeah. That's like, true. Like, you, you had a mindset. Even if it was the action of the mindset of what do I not like that I should probably do. Yes. Right. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, you know, it's like, (laughs) yeah, my action was pretty simple. I was like, okay, well, what parts of my body do I want to work on? I want to work on my abs and my chest. Okay. Well, what are the things that could make the most impact? Oh, you know, it happens to be those things I don't like to do. And that mindset came from a lot of the same prospecting type things, right? What is it that will make the most money for me today? Oh, it's that thing that I've been avoiding every single day. If I just did that one thing, I would have more success in my business. And I think, you know, yeah. a lot of times if, if we look at what we need to do to reach the next level, it's often staring us yeah. right in the face.
3: Yeah, it's, it's always right there. I mean, for me, one of the first insights, and this is, uh, this is how I created the book, is uh, I was coaching a financial advisor in Australia, and he was totally stuck. Like, he was like, he felt hopeless. He was frustrated. He was just like, I just can't find my ideal clients, and i told him i said well this is what i would do when i if you drop ship me in sydney i'd find an ideal client for you and then i walked him through it at the end he was alive and in action and ready ready to go he's just like hung up the phone and then i hung up the phone and then i looked over at myself and i thought holy smokes i should probably do that that's some great (laughs) advice
0: (laughs) right we've all had those moments yeah, right Where you are just like Maybe. damn Every day.
3: that was damn good what I just said and yeah. why am I not applying that you know <laughs> and, and it was in the area of relationships that was the one it was like because that was the one I was like I want to have I want to be a father I want to have a family I want to have a beautiful wife and I had all these things and I just, if you were looking at my life, I was not doing anything in alignment to that. And when I got off the phone, I was just like, it's just one ideal client, you know? Yes. <laughs> one ideal client. I, was yeah. like, I just happened to marry that you one, know? but yeah. yeah. And so that's what I ended up doing. And, uh, you know, short stories, uh, just since uh, we're almost done here is uh, I went on 43 dates, all by referral, like. Completely introduced by people in my community. Wait, wait,
1: by referral doesn't that mean a blind date? Yeah, blind date. <laughs> I didn't know anyone.
3: I didn't know. I didn't know who she was. Other than I did pre-qualify them when I talked to my friends, uh, but on the most part, I went to my community and asked them to help me find my soulmate. And I went on forty-three dates in one hundred and twenty days, Ooh. all by introductions from my community. And it was specifically the same outline that I teach business owners just through relationships. And then too many people said, man, you did that. And then they're like, you should write a book about it. And then again, I fought that for many, many years (laughs) and then i thought to myself why do i not just take that darn advice again and i went back and i wrote the book so was it was it you <laughs> felt like
1: you weren't good enough to write a book or you just were procrastinating right you know
3: it? you know one of my habits that always shows up or internal conversations is i'm not good enough
1: yeah it happens to it, me all it happens the time. all the
3: time you know yeah. and it's like thank you for sharing brain i'm just not gonna move forward with that <laughs> you know or <laughs> or i just realize it after hearing it like two or three times of someone saying something it's like why am i fighting that mm-hmm. you know and then i'll get to the core of it which has something to do with i'm not some good enough that some have, limiting yeah. belief that's there and then it's like well you know and, and part of it was for the book aspect is i hate reading
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> audibles
3: you know that's thank me. god for audibles you yeah. know because that's that's all i can do now but it's like i just i hate reading and was like why do i want to be an author oh, <laughs> you know, i don't even, i don't even thing. like to read. you, you know? know it's
1: funny because today I, I tell my my students all the time they're like i don't want to write an essay i go good yeah. then if you just put that mouth of yours to work it'll work today like literally mm-hmm. on your phone i, I yes. hit a little speaker button i go talk <laughs> yeah,
3: in today's world it's so much easier. I mean, like even when I wrote the book, I used a tape recorder, you know? <laughs> and I recorded it and then I sent the tapes to a ghostwriter and said, transcribe that and you know, ask me any questions you need to know to make fill it, in the gaps. Yes. To fill in the gaps <laughs> and that's how I wrote my book, you know? It was much easier than the way my brain envisioned it. Sitting down, with sitting down with a pencil, right. with pencil <laughs> and so on. I wrote my outline. That was probably the only pencil activity I did was write an outline, and then I just hit record and record and kept sending out and so on. But Bits uh, and pieces. Yeah, but yeah. it's so true in today's world. I mean, right now, I'm, I, I know on my Android phone, I can literally hit a record button. It'll record me talking and, and transcribe, transcribe you all at the same time, and I don't have to pay any fee whatsoever. It's just like I can copy-paste that and send it. I do that with some of my coaching notes. When I'm coaching with people, I'll hit my record on my phone so that uh, when I say, oh, yeah, I'll give you a transcript of what we just talked about, they are like, blown away, and it's like it's no big deal what? to me.
1: <laughs>
3: I just just using technology. <laughs>
1: dude like <laughs> I, I, that got me thinking i was like man however comma we should have been writing that a long time ago <laughs> yeah yeah but using a ghostwriter hmm i know a couple wives of ours that have english degrees
0: right <laughs>
1: yes why it not might, it might make a big difference uh, they want to write a book they can help us co-write one <laughs> yeah why
3: not why not i i it was funny because to find my ghostwriter what i did was i did the exact same process i asked my community who do they know that are writers and i asked them to send those introductions to me. And then I took all those introductions, I sent them my first tape and asked them to uh, transcribe and put it into writing of, of what they thought I communicated. Some asked me questions, some didn't. They sent it back, and then the one that sounded just like me was the one I hired. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, which one is me? Nice. That and it was a great, me. easy process, and I teach other, you know, I, I teach business owners to do the so same thing.
1: I'm going to be promoting this thing uh, upcoming th- this week, later this week, and my approach was going to be, I'm going to go down my Facebook friends, and I, like usually when you get a DM from me, it's a video message. I'm going to do the same thing. I was going to video message and be like, look, hey, guys, I'm putting together this podcast thing. I want to, I if you know anybody who's even considered doing this podcast, can you do me a favor and, and share this link with them so they can come and check this out for me? Like, that was going to be my approach. Whoops. Whoa. What's going on? There you go. Facebook yeah, audio weird. shows up. Look at that. It's my echo. That Inst- sounded like me. Instant replay. <laughs> it, <sounded like laughs> it was you. It was <laughs> you <laughs> saying the exact same thing you just said. So, what do, you, what do you think of that? I mean, that's technically reaching out to my community, yeah, right? and asking you for their help.
3: Yeah, you're using technology and you're asking. I mean, that's the cool part about Facebook nowadays and LinkedIn and things right. like that. You can instant message them, and they're more likely to get that without any other distractions than they would if you called them or sent or a message, message or, a or whatever. Or I mean. So yeah, I think that's a perfect way. Hey, you I right. always believe to use the community. Yeah, hundred percent. So, You're right, just...
1: by the way. I had fun. Talking what did to I Jeff today? Oh <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't, don't tell him what <laughs> no, you doing. No, no, don't do it. Don't, don't tell him don't what have you, him you do. Any question. Oh, it's awesome, man. I, I, anytime it comes to, to like business development, personal development, like that stuff, it, it really like it. It has a special place in my heart because I, 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 I'm an educator, but I always feel like at 17 you don't exactly know what you want in life and it's not until you decide like we talked about clarity of vision right it's mm-hmm. not until you decide that this is what you want to do that you've put your full effort into learning about something in particular we're, we're pushed in this direction of school all the time take this class this class this class and it's no wonder a lot of people give up on education at some point because they get force-fed mm-hmm. stuff they don't want to know but the power of learning things to develop yourself mm-hmm. as an individual to become a better person, a better business owner, a better friend, a better spouse, a better father, whatever it is. That's, that's huge. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we kind of hinted on it, but the goal here in in all of this is to be happy. Yeah. Like without it, there's, there's, why are you waking up in the morning if you're not happy (laughs) every single day? And if you're not happy every single day, you need to to really look in the mirror and decide what it is that you want to do. Like, yeah it's your life there's only one of it and every day that you're wasting away not choosing to go in the direction that you want it might not be the lifestyle you're looking for right now but it could be anything you want it to be if you just if you
3: just choose
1: to make it your life
3: and it's just taking those actions to discover that you don't know like you said you don't know but if you try something like when when I when I tried to become a coach for financial, I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that, I was crystal clear. Yeah, you know, like there was no other con- no other question that was there again. It was always I want to be coaching and consulting, and that's it. Period. Duh. You know, but it took me a long time to get to that point. Failing at different things, trying on different things, but but that's yeah.
1: but that's the beauty of it especially when you're mm. like you know kind of talking to my seniors in high school right now but you're about to graduate and I'm like now's the time for you to take risks you yeah. want what is it that you want to do you want to go travel backpack through Europe go do it yeah you know, well maybe not with coronavirus yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean go do it you want to go you know you want to be a rapper go find some rapper and go work in in the studio for free go go get their coffee like go see if this is what you want to do like Taste a lot. Yeah, go out and try because, like you said, you're gonna do some stuff and you're gonna realize real quick this is exactly what I wanted to do. This is exactly where I want to be. Or,
3: yeah, this is not what I want to do. It, this is not what I thought. Get me out of was, here quickly. Yeah, and go find something
1: <laughs> else. But take that yeah. risk. You know, go out and try. Without it, yeah. the worst thing you can do is not try because you're gonna regret it. I, mm. I promise you, you're gonna look back in your early, you know, 1920s and in 1920, 21, 22, 25, whatever, and you're gonna oh, yeah. look back and be like you know i wasted that time
3: today's world's so much easier with all the knowledge that we have access to not only just google but i mean there's classes if you want to be a podcast you know specialist you can go to your webinar yep right yep. i mean like you could actually do that so it's and then and, house. and, and you, did you have that 20 years ago 30 Absolutely years ago not. no you didn't have the ability to just Go to something and see something as quickly as, as you could now.
1: You can pull up an encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah you could. That's <laughs> right. Lying. Those big, huge... <laughs> That's right.
3: I was always wondering what those big books in, yeah, in, the, the, in the family house were. Why,
1: why do you have 25 <laughs> versions of the same book? The funny part is,
3: I don't think with school I ever even... Cracked into them. It was kind of like oh, the did. sales pitch to my parents, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then I. But remember, I didn't like reading, so true, it was like, true. how am I going to go up with all those big books? Yeah, because <laughs> there's pictures in them? Because if not, exactly I idea. ain't I'm doing like, no, nothing. <laughs> I need a quote.
1: Look, there's a quote there. I'm taking that one. Cited encyclopedia.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, met the quote, <laughs> Jeff and Hey, yes, thank you, you for bet. coming on yeah, the show. Yeah, of course, really appreciate it. Uh, I want you to look at the camera over there. Tell people how to get a hold of you if they want to work with you.
3: Yeah, if you want to get uh, to work with me, I, it's best that you start on my website because there's different areas that I focus in. So jeffcrawl.com, that's J-E-F-F-K-R-A-H-L.com. And then uh, if you want to call me, you can always text me is another great way. And you can just text me at uh, 858-333-6411. And just say, I would like to uh, talk to you. And then uh, then give me some sort of feedback of what particular you want to get accomplished with that. And that's it. Perfect. All right, ladies and gents. (laughs) As always, man, you
1: guys got to go out. You guys got to go out and and develop as an individual, develop as a business, get people who are already there. If you need help, if you lack motivation, hit up people like Jeff, join Mm -hmm. 5AM clubs, whatever you need to do, but light that fire under your butt and take some action. All right. Awesome. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Bye-bye. And we're out.
0: Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now. Or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening.